the words from the passage we'll be looking at will be on the screen. Um, but if you have your Bible, we'll be in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Pretty sobering. Jesus' enemies came to him and said to him, what is the greatest commandment? What commandment should we keep? What does it say in the scriptures, he replied? You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The, upon these two commandments rests all the law and the prophets. If you do these two things, it captures everything. What do we find John here pointing us to? The very same thing. What had Jesus pointed us to? The very same thing. <clears throat> Well, that's simple. Okay, let's go do this. Whoa. Whoa. Mark Rylander, the fellow sitting in front of you, doesn't have left to myself. I don't have the capacity to do this. I don't. Left to myself. But God's merciful gracious provision provides the capacity to do what left to ourselves we could never do. Love 
God authentically and love our enemies authentically. He saved others. Himself he cannot save, said Annas and Caiaphas as they mocked Jesus at the foot of the cross. And what did Jesus reply? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Probably the two most wicked people we could find in the entire area. Men who had turned the temple into a den of thieves. They were literally career, religious career criminals who incited the crucifixion of Jesus because he was a threat to their criminal enterprise, the den of thieves that they had turned the temple into. And what does Jesus say? Father, forgive them, for they think they can actually get away with this. Love, love. John chapter 13. Now, as we reflected on it last week when we began this series, how does John begin the series? In chapter 1, verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. <clears throat> I, John the Apostle, along with the other apostles, many other unnamed people. It's really surprising there in the book of Acts when the apostles come together and Peter says, you know, that fellow Judas, we need to have a replacement for him. We need to have someone step in, be brought in, and take that place. So there will be, again, 12 apostles. And he must be someone who has witnessed Everything we have witnessed from the very beginning and out of the many possibilities, they bring forth two fellows whom we've never heard of. We've never heard of these guys, but they've been present the whole time. And then they cast lots and the lot falls on one and he takes the place among the twelve. They saw, they saw, they saw life eternal. Here we are, 2020 AD. How far back can we go? How far back can we go? How far in the distant past, in the distant past, and not find God? He is always there to meet us. He is the eternal God, and no matter how far back you go, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are there to meet you. That one God who is three persons, he is there to meet you. And what is in their presence? Welcome, joy, goodness, It's amazing the reality of 
what being in their presence would be joy. And John says in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, which he's reflecting on, what's the first verse? In the beginning was the word, in the beginning, John 1 1, was already the word. And he was, the word was in a face-to-face -face relationship with God, and God was the word. He is fully God. And we beheld, and he became flesh and tabernacled, tented among us, and we beheld his glory, glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And I, John, and the other apostles, and so many of these unnamed people, we're going to be shocked when we get to heaven to meet these people witnessed what eternal joy, goodness, glory that could be found in eternity past. We saw it come and walk before us. We heard, what did he say in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1? What our eyes have seen, what our ears have heard, and what our hands have handled of the word of life. We saw what life, what dwelling in the presence of the eternal God was like. It was modeled before us. We beheld his glory. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father. What's the core element? If you're walking with God, what is the core element of how that will express itself in your relationship with him and how it will play out in your relationship with others and others who are likewise walking in his presence in their relationship with you. We're told in the Gospel of John, let me read an extended statement. This is in the upper room. This is in the upper room the night of Jesus' later arrest. John chapter 13, verses 12 through 17. So when he, Jesus, had washed their feet, shock of all shocks, they were shocked. They had refused to wash one another's feet. So much so important were they in their own eyes. So much to be regarded and revered were they in their own eyes. They would not humble themselves to wash one another's feet. So when he, Jesus, much their shock and chagrin, had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? Well, they certainly knew he'd washed their feet. Oh, it's much more than that. There's a message that attends it. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Jesus, really? Really? Yes. Really. Go out of your way to do the very things that are uncomfortable for you. 
that you would frankly see as demeaning you in the eyes of other people. In fact, in your own eyes, and do it. Jesus will, within a few hours, be nailed to a cross which was as deliberately demeaning, it was as torturous, it was the Roman method of executing people who are not Roman citizens. If you're a Roman citizen, you got exempted, you got your head chopped off. But if you were a non-citizen, crucifixion with all of its pain and shame. Shame. It was about pain, extended pain, and shame. By the way, most crucifixions, people were on that cross for like three days. They ended the crucifixion of Jesus. Well, he dismissed his spirit, but even the other two men had their legs broken because the Passover was about to begin, and they didn't want us to have a riot from the Jews. But normally, crucifixion was like a three-day, horrible, horrible, extraordinarily painful, shameful process if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you most assuredly I say to you a servant is not greater than his master nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him if you know these things Blessed are you if you do them. And then later in that same chapter, verses 34 and 35, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Well, we already had that. You shall love your neighbors yourself. You are. What Jesus did is he raised the standard. What does love look like? It looks like doing whatever is necessary to truly serve the needs of those people who surround you. And then in chapter 14, Now remember, John, as he's writing his letter, is aware his readers have had exposure to his, his gospel message. They've had it read in their assembly to them. John has probably been in their midst giving his basic seminar. <laughs> in the beginning was the word. In the beginning. And in John 14, beginning in verse 15, Jesus continues this upper room discourse. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. This is the same Holy Spirit who has accompanied you apostles in your public ministry doing mighty works as you preached. 
that same Holy Spirit whose presence you've witnessed will take up residence within you. He has been with you. He will be in you. If you keep my commandments, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In the person of the coming of the Holy Spirit, I will too be coming with you. To you. A little while longer. And the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. You will be dwelling wherever you walk on this planet you will be walking in fellowship with us. In fellowship with us. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So many of our prayers were what? for people? Lord, manifest yourself whether it is an issue of healing or an issue of giving them spiritual light, we're asking for God to do what only God can do. Manifest yourself. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and I will come to him and make we will make our home with him. He who does not Love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. John's gospel is extremely simple, profound, simple. It gets always to the heart of the issue. Do you love each other? And so picking up and returning to 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. By this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And what is the core of his command to us, especially via John's gospel, which is what they've already been exposed to, love one another. Love God, love one another. Keep, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a fellow who has a difficult time with being on. No, he's a liar. Is a liar. And the truth is not in him. It is the acid test. I don't care what kind of scholarly degrees you have. I don't care. Be question that God asks of us is, do you love me? Do you love your brothers and sisters? Do you love others? Jesus demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still 
sinners. As unlike him as we could possibly be. Oh, Lord, do you really want me to hang out with that fellow? Uh, he kind of, uh, 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 yes. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. By the power and help of your Holy Spirit, I will do. I will defy my own preferences and walk with you in his life experience. But whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. If you keep Jesus' word, what is the number one thing that will be put on display? The love of God. Whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is brought, is complete, is perfected, is brought to fruition, completeness. People can see it. People can see it. It's perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. When we are doing, serving other people in defiance of our own personal preference and what's comfortable for us. God never asked me, well, what's comfortable for you, Mark? <laughs> now, he does have that in part of his view because he loves me, but he also asks us to do what is uncomfortable. And, of course, the example that Jesus set, we could never even hope to match He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Even to the point, and we see this not just in the first century with the apostles and others who were loyal disciples of Jesus being crucified, being beheaded as the apostle Paul, crucified as the apostle Peter, crucified as Andrew, speared to death as Thomas in India, Thomas took the gospel all the way to India. He was speared to death because what he was doing was uncomfortable and difficult for the Hindu high caste people. They weren't willing to allow those who were actually bowing the knee to them to become worshipers of Jesus and not them. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you but an old commandment which you have from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Again, a new commandment I write to you. Which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true Light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Again, don't tell me you love Jesus. Don't tell me you are a loyal disciple of Jesus if you are not loving, serving, doing the hard thing for your brother. 
he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is a bald-faced liar. He is in the darkness until now. person can make a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. They can actually do disciple type things. But the number one task Jesus calls us to is loving one another. And if I'm not doing that in reality, I'm walking in darkness. I'm walking in darkness. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. He who loves his brother abides in the light. That's the acid test that you are abiding, dwelling in, living in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in done everything you can to clear the way, to clear the path for your brothers, for your sisters, for those whom you are serving, even those who are not yet in the kingdom. You've done your best to serve God's purposes in their lives. There is no cause for stumbling in him, but he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And we've seen people do that sort of thing. Claim to be authentic followers of Jesus, but then refuse, because of their own pride or heart issues, refuse to be reconciled with a brother or a sister with whom they have a difficulty. He who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. The brothers of Jesus. We know from John's gospel there was an event where Jesus' brothers, James, Josie's, Simon, I've forgotten the fourth one's name, <laughs> they're on their way to Jerusalem to worship. They're, in, they're still in Galilee, and here is Jesus who's been doing signs and wonders, who's been preaching, and they're saying to him, well, if you're really who you claim to be, these are his half-brothers, the sons of Joseph and Mary that were born after the birth of Jesus. Why don't you go down to Jerusalem and present yourself and just make your presentation there isn't this your time no it's not yet my time but it's always your time it's always your time <laughs> yeah right well we're going to go down and worship God well they're walking away from God they're walking away from God, claiming they're pursuing God. What are they doing? They're walking in darkness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Following his resurrection, we are told he actually appeared to his brothers. The letter of James in our New Testament, 
was written by that half-brother who led the mockery. And he became the leader of the Jerusalem church and a servant there in Jerusalem, so much so that in 70 AD when the Romans surrounded Jerusalem and Jesus had given his people warning, when you see the enemy forces coming to Jerusalem, get out, get out of Dodge. James chose to stay in jeopardy of his own life in order to create more gospel opportunity for those rebels staying behind who refused to heed Jesus' warning, much to their own regret. About one, I'm told about 100,000 Jews were crucified outside the the fallen walls of Jerusalem, and many others, thousands and thousands, were sold into slavery. It suppressed the value of slaves in the Roman Empire for years to come. But what did they do with James, who was there to serve them? They threw him off the wall. They murdered him rather than give heed. He forfeited his life, which I dare say he knew was a strong possibility. But he was there to serve them. And it cost him. It cost him. Oh, I take that back. <laughs> he stepped into the glorious embrace of his brother, his earthly brother, his God. He stepped into that glorious embrace. Ladies and gentlemen, what awaits us when we walk in the love that Jesus modeled and commanded us to? We have that glorious embrace coming to us. God gives us sight. We can walk in the darkness. We can walk in blindness. But if we submit to and walk in the command and in the empowering strength of the Holy Spirit whom he supplies, as Jesus promised, as recorded in John's gospel, if we walk in the strength of that Holy Spirit in defiance of our own fallen nature, we can expect a hug a glad embrace from God the Son when we step into his presence. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a little. I will make you ruler over much. Let's give thanks to him and ask for his help to do what is not natural to us. Our Lord Left to ourselves, we want to serve ourselves. It is only by the presence and incitement and encouragement of God the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, as you promised in John, that we are enabled to be imitators of you. We ask this week, today, before this day is over, that you will enable us to wash someone else's feet or more than one person's feet. All to your glory. It's not natural to us. It's the opposite. It's humbling. It's distasteful in many ways. It can be. 
but enable us to do what left to ourselves we cannot do, that the day will come when we will receive that glad embrace and welcome. Well done. Well done. Our ears will never hear better words. We ask for this in your name, Jesus Shepherd. Amen.